you are listening to a new episode of Beyond the Curtain Podcast, presented by the Outlaw Wrestling Network. Well, 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 boys and girls, children of all ages, you know what time it is. It's time for a brand new edition of Beyond the Curtain, and I cannot think of a better guest to join me the this wonderful episode than our very own member of the Outlaw Wrestling Network, who does host his own podcast called Taking the Bump. It's our friend, Jimmy Jam, James Beatley. Sir, how in the blue hell are you doing? Well, I don't think hell is blue, but I'm doing pretty damn good, sir. That That is what I like to hear, my friend. So, question is, what is today's topic about? Because we're going to be recording this before AEW Dynamite, and uh, not really going to recap much of uh, Dynamite in the past Um Probably won't be able to record the review of this upcoming week, which is December the 11th edition of Dynamite until well after a couple of days. So we'll get into that next week, <clears throat> December the 18th. I think a lot of people are expecting to see what may happen between a certain superstar. We're not going to be talking about the villain <laughs> Marty Skrull. Instead, we got to talk about a whole bunch of big news and big announcements. And I think you know what I'm talking about. Jimmy Jam James. They can know where I'm going with this one, right? I think so. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about the AEW World Champion, Chris Jericho. And that is going to be our main topic mm-hmm. for tonight. Now, of course, there's a couple of big announcements that we do need to make, and we'll, we'll get to those. Uh, mainly, it's about Chris Jericho. But anyways, hey, <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> But I'm starting a new little series here on Beyond the Curtain regarding uh, superstar profiles and kind of going off of the top names of AEW down towards the mid card and uh, towards some of the other ones there at the bottom tier. And we're going to start with the top, have to, with <clears throat> Le Champion of All Elite Wrestling. We got Chris Jericho, and we're going to be talking a little bit about. His uh, career before WWE, not too much about his music career, but just mainly about the wrestling. Not going to get into too much details of it. Just kind of go quickly, uh, run through the quick synopsis of his career before AEW, and then kind of get into his whole AEW career and why he is the GOAT. Uh, So if you're ready, we'll go ahead and start. Let's get it going. All right. And if you got any any, any things you want to talk about beforehand or... Uh, or not beforehand, but while we're going through this, if you have, want to stop and need to make a comment or anything like that, feel free to just cut me off. I'm okay with that. <laughs> so, Le Champion of AEW, Christopher Keith Irvin, otherwise known as Chris Jericho. Born on November 9th, 1970, the year of our Lord. Christopher Jericho, who is the son of of famous NHL player Ted Irvine, who played for the New York Rangers. I think we all saw the promo in Chicago when he brought his dad out into the ring, which was very great to see. Um, had, uh, I think, two things that he loved in his life when he was just watching some different documentaries and, and reading about, about his career was music and wrestling. Funny how that came to be, where he was able to do both. 
pretty interesting. Um, but Jericho got his uh, wrestling career started back in the late or late eighties, early nineties. Made his way through a couple of different promotions from Canada to Mexico, just kind of getting his feet wet and just trying to make a name for himself. He ended up in ECW, where oddly enough, quite a few members of the ECW roster between '95 and '96 ended up in what Jericho would next be in WCW World Championship Wrestling. Guys like Team Malenko, Juventud Guerrera, Chris Jericho, Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, all those guys. So we get to World Championship Wrestling where Chris Jericho had a fantastic career that uh, didn't exactly end the way he wanted to. Um, Jericho was a face, was a heel, won a couple different championships between the WCW World Television Championship, the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. Chris Jericho was one of the better um, wrestlers in WCW history, in my opinion, definitely the Cruiserweight division. Um, one of the biggest things that I do remember from Chris Jericho, and uh, we both kind of grew up in the Monday Night Wars era. I remember maybe a little bit more than you do because I am just a year, year and a half older than than you are. I do remember very vaguely <clears throat> Jericho's last little main push, I guess you could say, in WCW where he did feud with Rey Mysterio for the Grizzly title, and then he feuded with uh, Dean Malenko uh, in, in what I think is still one of the biggest pops in wrestling history, which is um, Slamboree 1998, where it was a uh, over-the-top battle royal to determine the number one contender for the Cruiserweight Championship. And directly after that match, Jericho was going to fight whoever won that match to, uh, to, for the Cruiserweight title. Ciclope ended up winning the Battle Royal and took off the mask, and it was Dean Malenko, and the crowd went absolutely crazy. Dean Malenko and Jericho had a feud for a couple months before, um, leading up to this, so it was just a great crowd reaction, all that good stuff. However, we get to the late summer months, of 1998, where uh, Malenko basically beat Jericho for the championship at Slamboree. And then Jericho claimed he was a victim of a conspiracy to get the belt off of him. And at first he blamed the WCW locker room, then he added J.J. Dillon, Ted Turner. Uh, and then he he walked around Washington, D.C., and had held a sign that said conspiracy victim and accused President Bill Clinton uh, being one of the conspirators after being rejected for a meeting. Possibly one of the craziest but funnest moments, not only in Jericho's career in WCW, but definitely in thinking WCW history. Uh, we get to midsummer, late summer of 98, where Jericho wanted to feud with Goldberg. You know anything about this one? Not directly. I'm sure, I'm sure you can refresh my memory. So he kept, he kept calling out uh, Goldberg between August and September um, in an attempt to actually have a few, but he never wrestled him. Um, later in books and podcasts and whatnot, Jericho cited Eric Bischoff, Goldberg, and Hulk Hogan refusal uh, to book Jericho in a pay-per-view squash match against Goldberg. And Jericho thought it would be great money because the crowd was kind of behind it. And Jericho was like, listen, 
I'm going to lose a match. I'm going to get squashed. I'm not even here to to to, 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 to throw in your record and win the world title. I just think that building up this feud and people wanted to see me get my ass kicked by Goldberg would at least draw some decent numbers. Um, and that was one of the biggest catalysts for Jericho leaving the company. Um, and basically just a bunch of uh, not very great matches and, and uh, feuds between late 98 and early 99 led to Jericho having his final match in WCW at a house show in Peora, Illinois. Uh, July 21st, where he and Eddie Guerrero lost to Billy Kidman and Rey Mysterio Jr. And it was interesting. Um, but yeah, so that's that. Uh, do you have any kind of little comments or anything like that before we move uh, on to Jericho's career? Well, I think he summed up his WCW career pretty well. I, uh, Admittedly, didn't really grow up in the WCW era, so don't know much off the top of my head uh, about Jericho's WCW career, but uh, Peora, Indiana, Illinois, whatever it is, interesting town to have a last match. Um, I think he summed it up pretty well. I know more of his WWE career than anything else. That's exactly where we're going to pick it up here in just a moment. We got to take care of a little bit of business, plug a little bit of podcasting. So if you guys will stay tuned to listen to a little bit of that, we'll come right back and we'll chronological in a very short matter. Chris Jericho's WWE run before we kind of get on to the main event, the main, the main entree, if you will. So we'll be right back talking about Le Champion on Beyond the Curtain. Well, howdy-ho there, motherfuckers. It's James Beatley. I hope you're enjoying the content on the Beyond the Curtain podcast. And as a member of the Outlaw Wrestling Network, I'd like to just take a moment and plug my podcast, the Taken the Bump podcast. Um, It is a weekly podcast. I try to at least put out one episode a week um, going through the hottest topics in professional wrestling. Um, I tend to focus more on impact wrestling and all elite wrestling, um, but I will span the entire uh, profession, the entire genre of professional wrestling. Um, For more info and to listen to our previous episodes, Follow me on Twitter at T the B podcast and follow me on Facebook, taking the bump podcast. Um, y'all can message me. Y'all can comment, uh, get in touch with me. Ask me questions. If y'all want to partner up in any way, um, be a guest on the show. I'll gladly take all questions and comments, uh, send them to me on either of my social medias. It's James Beatley, host of the Taking the Bump podcast. And now back to your regularly scheduled content. All right, guys, back for round number two, talking about Le Champion, Chris Jericho. And uh, in the promo, like we just heard before, you got to take a listen to Taking the Bump. I mean, hello, really? Like, come on. 
Since he's on the show, you might as well listen to it, right? Oh, of course. Take a look. Join Bump Taker Nation, y'all. Excuse me? Bump Taker Nation. Bump Taker Nation. Heck yeah, that's what my fan base I like that. I'd just say that Beyond the Curtain Nation, but uh, that's a lot more catchier. I like it. <laughs> I like it. That needs to be a shirt. Speaking of shirts, we're going to get to our big <laughs> announcements here, um, which is talking about Chris Jericho's WWE run. And uh, definitely something that I think a lot of people remember very fondly. Uh, what I remember mostly about this is its debut. And to my opinion, still the best uh, debut in almost wrestling history. Would you agree? I would say so. Um, Mostly because now I feel like his debut would have kind of been spoiled in today's modern like social media era where, you know, the, the dirt sheets have complete control over social media and Twitter and wrestling circles. And, not that they didn't back then, and I'm sure people were like predicting his debut back then, but it's it's I think different today. But yeah, he had a fantastic debut. I think the the uh, I, I think the reception was was perfect, and uh, hell, I think every time Jericho made a return in WWE, even if it was like just out of nowhere, he always got a big pop from the WWE universe. And, uh, his, his official debut, I think was excellent. Yeah. There's a reason why I believe this guy is truly, the truly is the goat. And it's just a matter of fact of just reinventing himself. It was just amazing. Um, coming in with the countdown to the new millennium thing and, and interrupting The Rock was, to me, just one of the best ways to do it. And even though his run in WWE got off to a very slow start, it definitely picked up steam within the next year or so. Um, and you know, I, I think that with, like you said, social media today, it definitely, I think, would have kind of ruined everything. And even if in the crowd, there was definitely a few people who kind of knew right. Jericho was coming. But just the reaction was just phenomenal and i don't think you could have scripted any better of of a, a way to debut so jericho like i said got to a little bit of a slow start with uh the wwe however in late 1999 he did win his first uh intercontinental championship match at armageddon so uh not even five six months into the company winning the second most important title um in the company not a bad idea not a bad way to do that and then in 2000 out of 12 pay-per-views Jericho wrestled Crispin Benoit in six of those. And what I think um, features some of the best matches in Jericho's career, Benoit's career, and in WWE's pay-per-view histories. Um, between that and Jericho and Eddie and, and Jericho and Angle, just uh, these four guys. Seem Jericho seems to run into a little bit and um, just had a lot of great feuds uh, over the years for that. Um I think we get to kind of skipping through a little bit 2000. We get to 2001 where um, Jericho wrestles Benoit to open up 2001. 
at the Royal Rumble. Beat him in a ladder match to win the Intercontinental Championship for a fourth time. So a year, a year and a half into the company, he wins the Royal Rumble four times. Not bad, I think. Not bad. Um, Definitely. You know, you get to uh, the end of 2001 and the whole alliance thing takes place. You get the feuds between him and Booker T and Rhino. Uh, the famous scene of Jericho getting scored through the SmackDown set by Rhino that introduced the the fist SmackDown set was something a lot of us, I think, will, will definitely remember. And then we get to the end of 2001. Do, do you know what happens at Armageddon? Excuse me. Vengeance 2001 with Le Champion? Uh, no. Come be completely honest, not off the top of my head. Uh, the older, the older pay per views, like 2000s pay per views, when I was barely cognitive, um, <laughs> I uh, I don't remember very fondly. I know my dad watched them, so I'm sure back in the back of his mind he knows them, but I can't off the top of my head. If you showed me the clip, like lot, uh, like the clip of his match during that pay per view. I probably could tell you what was going on and what pay-per-view it was. But just naming the pay-per-view, I'm not a history buff like you in wrestling, so I couldn't tell you. That's okay. Uh, what was one of Jericho's famous sayings that he liked to say that he did in the same night? Oh, he pinned Rock and Stone. Yes, this happened at Bench 2001, where gotcha. Jericho became the first ever undisputed champion. Something he didn't say much now, but Throughout his WWE tenure, you got bored of hearing him say it. But, hey, <laughs> in Stone Cold and The Rock in the same night, I'm going to brag until the day I die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that should have been the title of his book, I Beat Rock and Stone Cold in the same You night. know, I feel like that's – exactly. I, I feel like that should have been his thing for <laughs> years and years and years. I beat The Rock and Stone Cold in the same night, make it a T-shirt, make it a DVD, make it a book – Sell anything. Socks, shoes, knives, forks, <laughs> bed sheets, curtains. So you can go beyond the curtain. Anyways, um, yeah, <laughs> cheap plug, stupid plug. Anyways, let's move on. We get to uh, WrestleMania 18, where the returning Triple H won the World Rumble in 02, beat Jericho to win the uh, um, Undisputed Championship. Uh, which is still crazy to me, but I understand it. But Vince's logic is stupid with consistency. Uh, the main event of WrestleMania 18 was Jericho Triple H for the Undisputed Championship. However, I think it was two matches before that was a Rock and Hulk Hogan. Hmm. Something people probably forget that that wasn't the main event. And people were in attendance, I'm sure, forgot too. Yeah. But, hey, it is what it is. So let's move on to let's go to 2002, where uh, continue to the latter part of it, where uh, he would make history. Jericho does by becoming Cutting, becoming one of the first six the, people to be in the inaugural elimination chamber match. Ah. Uh, Took place in Survivor Series 2002, where Jericho would lose 
And the eventual champion coming out of the match would be Shawn Michaels, which was a very, very cool thing to see. Anyways, speaking of Shawn Michaels, that's where we pick up Jericho's run in 2003, where he faces Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 19. I don't know if you've ever seen this match. Uh, to me, probably one of the best WrestleMania matches. Uh, probably top 10. Top, I'd say probably top Top 10 matches of all time. You look at WrestleMania matches, a top 10 list. Shawn Michaels is at least on five or six of those matches. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he's, he's my favorite. He is in one of my favorite WrestleMania matches. So. Yeah. Yeah. He's in my top WrestleMania, my top three of my top three favorite WrestleMania matches. Shawn Michaels is in two of those. So actually, oh. Shawn Michaels is in three of those. So sorry. He's in my top, <laughs> he's in my top three. So. Hey, so Shawn Michaels is like my favorite WrestleMania superstar ever. So. Oddly enough, if I had to pick my top five, top five favorite wrestlers of all time, Shawn Michaels is probably six on my list. Very weird. I don't know. Um, but anyways, yeah. If you ever caught Jericho versus Shawn Michaels, definitely a classic. Um, you know, I, I think with my top three favorite WrestleMania matches, you've got Shawn versus Brett at twelve. 60-minute brand match. Sean versus um, Undertaker, WrestleMania 25. And then Sean versus Kurt Angle, WrestleMania 21. It's insane. Shocking that it's not Sean versus Rick Player. That's probably like on my favorite WrestleMania matches. Probably 45. <laughs> Most emotional WrestleMania. Uh, yeah, that probably would be top top five easily. Uh, anytime you see the I'm sorry, I love you, you just kind of get choked up. Hell, I could even watch the next night. They had the Ric Flair retirement thing. It wasn't until <laughs> I was like 17 or 18 that I stopped crying every time I watched that. Mm-hmm. That's, that was some emotional shit. I ain't going to lie. I cried like a baby every time I watched that. Uh, anyways. As I'm, as, I'm, as I'm starting to cry again. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> Jericho has a bunch of different feuds into 2003. He gets to 2004 where he faces Christian at WrestleMania 20. Trish Stratus and, and, and was an integral part of the storyline. She turned on Jericho, became with Christian. Jericho lost the match. Blah, whatever. Not, a, <laughs> not exactly a great thing in the world. Um Honestly, just yeah. not a great 2004, in my opinion, for Jericho. I think this is when he was starting to get burned out a little bit um, mm-hmm. and just did not really get – just I feel like he was starting to get burned out, and I think we kind of saw that for sure. Right, and I also would say – and again, I'm not a historian like the late, great Jim Cornette on wrestling. Um, what are you talking about? But- but you can this is kind of where in in terms of like wwe's movement this is the latter part of the attitude era moving into the what the ruthless aggression era and wasn't really where they they could push jericho to fit in that area so it was kind of the end of his I would call it his first great run in WWE. Um, and then he was able to revitalize his career later on in a couple of years after this. 
yeah, we'll finish out Jericho's first run here by basically going to WrestleMania 21, where once again, Le Champion was in a first ever match where he made and participated in the first ever Money in the Bank ladder match. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this was before Money in the Bank had its own pay-per-view where us oldies remember Money in the Bank was a WrestleMania attraction. So <laughs> it's, it's crazy how so many of these gimmick matches that probably shouldn't have their own pay-per-view now I'll have their own pay-per-view. There's a lot of them, and it's weird and not great, some of them. But hey, what do I know? <laughs> I don't make creative. Uh, I'm not bad creative that does stupid writing. Uh, right? We the people? Um, <clears throat> so uh, that's 2005, and then we get to the summer of 05 where Jericho was in a few with Cena, lost a match to him at SummerSlam 05 in our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. The next night, Jericho faced him again in a year-fired match. He lost. Got carried out by a bunch of security guards, which is interesting. Um, and then we didn't see Jericho again until almost two and a half years later in 2007. Um yeah, I don't know if there was any rumors that Jericho was going to be going to TNA or anything like that. I'm sure there was, but, you know, I guess be- with, with the way that wrestling was in 06, mainly with TNA really becoming a big main feature and DX was back and all that good stuff, you know, didn't really, not that I didn't care that Jericho left, but I kind of forgot that he was not there because... Um, right you had so much uh, other stuff going on that were kind of very entertaining too, that you're like, Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. It was kind of one of those things where he was kind of, he had been there for kind of so long and WWE was introducing their new, new talent, Cena Orton, you know, evolution was becoming a thing. DX, um, was becoming a revitalized team again where Jericho didn't have to push the main card like he kind of was a couple years prior. And I'm sure there were the the melters of the world that were right. He could have gone to TNA. And, you know, this was the perfect opportunity at this point in time. This was TNA's golden age if they could have grabbed them, maybe they could have done something. But, you know, they had a specific person running creative back then that I won't bring up his name. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we get to 2007. Do you remember how Jericho came back in 07? Oh, jeez. Like, I'm not making this just make it seem like you're bad at all. I was just trying to... <laughs> jog your memory I guess so now I remember when he comes back I can't remember exactly how it went down but I knew he was gone for a while I this was a, a back story uh, I was a big wrestling fan for like the time I was like 7 to the time I was like 10 and then once I got to like middle school I stopped watching it for like 10 or 5 years and then I got into high school again and I started watching it which is kind of weird but because you would think it would be the opposite 
Um, but no, I can't remember the specific of how he came back. I just know he was gone for a couple of years and then made his triumphant entrance. Um, well, when you said that you you hadn't watched, you know, you kind of stepped away from wrestling for five years. When you said that when you were in middle school, you stopped watching wrestling for five years, I immediately thought to myself, um, holy shit, I didn't know you went to middle school for five years. <laughs> and then you said into your early high school years, and it made sense. So yes. I was about to say that's – you're the uh, oldest eighth grader I've ever met in my life. Um, anyway, so <laughs> Jericho – uh, I was so smart, they held me yeah. up. <laughs> I participated in the eighth grade spelling bee at 18 years old um, <laughs> and lost in the first round to Allocator. But anyways, um, Jericho started, uh, or I guess Jericho, but WWE started releasing these cryptic uh, binary code videos, kind of like similar to the Matrix uh, digital rain that was used in the uh, Matrix series. Um this started in September of 07. It was just kind of had some subliminal messages, some cryptic, mes- cryptic messages in there as well. And it led up to November where uh, actually November 19th, 07. The reason why I remember that is because it's my parents' anniversary. So um, interesting. But uh, Jericho ran in and uh, uh, was starting to save us Y2J campaign, uh, mainly to save us from Randy Orton. But uh very unique and interesting way to come back. Um, this was right during the time where DX was broken up and um, just kind of a different take on. I think this is kind of a weird time for WWE in late 07. But um, yeah, Jericho came back and uh, it was nice to see him back again. Kind of reinvented himself. He had the short hair with a spike on the top. That was very different. Um, yeah, and kind of, I think he kind of implemented more of his rock character stage to WWE and kind of just yeah. create this new, different looking persona. And then we get to uh, 2008, where he had a hellacious feud with Shawn Michaels. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was named Feud of the Year by Pro Wrestling Illustrated and the Wrestling Observer. Uh, Easily the best feud of 2008 by far that I can remember. Um, I did not watch a whole. I did not watch a whole lot of Raw or SmackDown from 08 to 09, just because I was just kind of more into TNA at the time. So um, didn't see a whole whole lot of their feud besides some of their matches and some of their buildups to it. Um, just an absolutely crazy thing to think that. A guy like Shawn Michaels in his later stages in his career and Chris Jericho, kind of in the middle of his prime, just created a classic feud. And they had a few in 03 too, but this feud in 08 to me was just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. It's always interesting to me. The people the the people that we consider the greats in wrestling history seem age doesn't really matter as much like Jericho's still wrestling, and he's almost fifty years old now, and he's still putting on great fucking matches every every night or every couple every week because AEW doesn't do daily shows, but um, he's still putting on good matches, and he can do it at fifty years old. Not most sports 
you ain't going to see somebody at 50 years old still performing at their peak. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree with you on that. Um, even though Jericho may not be in the physical top tip condition like a Ken Shamrock is, he's still putting on very decent matches and still winning the crowd over. Something that not many people can do in their 30s. This guy's doing it in his late 40s. Um, yeah. Late 08, we get Jericho in the suit gimmick. Um, kind of become one of the top heels in the world. Um, after the feud with, with uh, Michaels, he went to world title a couple times. And uh, goes from there, we get to WrestleMania 25 in 2009, where he was uh, uh, in a feud with Mickey Rourke. Um and was interviewed with Ric Flair, Roddy Piper, Snuka, and Ricky Steamboat. Uh, it was uh, a three-on-one handicap elimination match with Snuka, Steamboat, and Piper versus Jericho. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. All right. So he was, he was given what what can be known as the revival or the ascension treatment. I guess I, it was just weird. It was just weird. <laughs> Uh, I don't really understand where this all came from, but anyways, <sighs> yeah. Um, in 2009, Jericho won his ninth WWE Intercontinental Championship, which uh, was then a record. I believe the Miz is either eight or nine time Intercontinental Champions, so either Miz is tied or right close to it, anyways. Yeah. Um, I remember this time a little bit in 2009 where Jericho was partnering with Edge and they won the Unified Tag Team Championship. Um, But then Edge got injured and Jericho had to replace him. And he replaced him with Big Show. And that started the whole Jericho Show thing, which was interesting. Um. Not the flashiest tag team in the world, but hey, it, uh, yeah, it was interesting. Um, yeah, so then we get to uh, Royal Rumble 2010. Jericho got eliminated by Edge, who ret- returned and won the Royal Rumble. Next month, you kind of you kind of can see where this ball is rolling. The feud was Edge, Edge and Jericho. Since Edge came back, won the Rumble. Jericho was in the Elimination Chamber match next month, won the World Title, and set up Edge versus Jericho at WrestleMania 26. But Edge did not defeat Jericho. Jericho defeated Edge. Um, which is weird. And then, like, the next week after that, Jack Swagger cashed in his money in the big briefcase. Uh, yeah. That was just a bunch of calamity that didn't make sense, in my opinion. But hey, what do I know? Some yeah, it's 2009, 2010, 2011 WWE. It did make a whole lot of sense <laughs> at all. Uh, um, that was that was the unathletic looking Jack Swagger that looked like he could have been pushed by the wind and fell down. Yeah, it was. Yeah, he was not convincing. I remember them giving out of reins <laughs> to like Swagger and Sheamus at this time, and I'm like, who the fuck mm-hmm. are these people? Why are they champions? I don't understand any of this. Um. Yeah, so basically we get to 2010. Not a whole lot's going on. Jericho was with Team WWE by the Nexus. Uh, that happened. They turned on him. Um, and uh, then Jericho left WWE again um, because he was 
doing his music stuff with Fozzie. He got kicked in the head by Orton. That led to his departure in 2009, I believe, uh, or 2010, excuse me. So late or fall 2010, Jericho left for another year when we get to 2011. Do you remember how Jericho returned in 11? Or 2012, excuse me. He made his return in 2012. I am trying. Was it? Did he return at the? Was it Royal Rumble? I know. I think you are Maybe a now. year. Um, a year, a year behind. A year, year too early. Yes, year early, year or maybe two years early. Yeah, maybe two years. Either way, um, you're a little bit early. But there was um another cryptic promos uh regarding a wrestler's return on the uh, January 2nd, 2012 episode of Raw. There was like a little boy and a little girl. They were just kind of depicting a lot of cryptic stuff, saying it was going to be the end of the world as we know it. And it uh, Jericho came out after he uh, had his whole feud, or excuse me, had his whole thing, do this uh, promo stuff, and then he appeared didn't say a damn word for two weeks, three weeks, and then began a feud with CM Punk, which I thought was a pretty underrated feud. Um, they had a very good feud that culminated with the Punk Jericho match at WrestleMania 28 in Miami, which is famous for not being on last because Rock versus Tina went on last. Again, some stupid ass booking. You would think that maybe it was a result of ten years ago. How ten years ago we had Rock versus or we had Rock versus Hogan in the semi main event and had the championship match on last. Which I get from a booking standpoint, you want the championship match to go on last. Right. That's protocol. Ten years later, nah, not the championship. No. We're gonna have Rock versus Cena. Gotcha. Okay. Ten years after that. Oh, we'll have the championship match. We'll just have Rock or a part-timer hold the title. And go on first. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was during this time in 2012 uh, where Jericho wrestled a match in Brazil against CM Punk, which Jericho kicked the Brazilian flag and caused local police to intervene and threaten Jericho to to arrest him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, and then the next day, WWE suspended him for 30 days while apologizing to the people in government of Brazil. Yeah, that was uh, that was the thing that happened. It was very interesting. Um, then Jericho had a few with Ziggler. Yeah, that was the thing. Um, and then 2013 is when he had his return to the Rumble, um, where this big crowd reaction happened, which was great. It's good to see that for sure. And uh, then we get to uh, just trying to read some some stuff here. Just get to the big main point here. Uh, oh, then he had his feud with Fandango. This, yeah. I kind of remember. This is kind of getting back to when I got back into wrestling. And it was weird, that wasn't... but it was kind of... It was, it, was, it was kind of rememberable, but Fandango at this point in time wasn't really much of fucking anything. So. Yeah, it was just... A weird time. I didn't like Jericho feuding with Fandango and whatever. I get it. Was this the, was this the feud? If I remember correctly, Fandango beats Jericho at WrestleMania. Yes. 
Yes. Uh, which is to me the <laughs> craziest thing in the world, but Hey, whatever. Uh, I, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, we get to 2015 where Jericho revealed he had signed an exclusive WWE contract, which he would compete at 16 house shows only. Um, and he wrestled Luke Harper, Kevin Owens, King Barrett, won most of those. And then he was a host of 2015's Tough Enough, Tough Enough Six Season. Um, and uh, had a few matches here and there, but, uh, you know, did not have too much of anything going on um, at all, for sure. We get to 2016, where... Jericho would be tag teaming for two weeks. This pissed me off because he was tag teaming this guy for two or three weeks. They released a t-shirt and then they had him turn heel to set up their match. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, really? They just sold the shirt. Now they had to take it off shelves. Yeah. That was a stupid, stupid idea. Yeah. And this was to set up the first feud for the debuting AJ Styles, where they set up their whole little thing. Um, but here's my problem is that they had four, three or four matches before WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. I don't get that. Um, whatever. And uh, or they had a couple different matches and then they actually had the tag team and then Jericho turned heel and Jericho B. Styles at WrestleMania. Do you get it? I don't. No, it, this was kind of where um, I say WWE kind of fell off its wagon and if AEW had been a thing back then they would have probably been out of business by now but uh, it's the result of them having a monopoly on mainstream wrestling for so long because they get lazy with creative and booking absolutely and this is during a time that also there was a lot of injuries but still just not very good overall booking in general. Uh, we get to the midsummer of 2016 where Jericho feuded with uh, Dean Ambrose, um, where we get to the asylum match at Extreme Rules where Jericho got thrown into a pile of thumbtacks, 69 thumbtacks, I think he said it was. Um, Point on the elbow. And, uh, yeah, that was... Quite an, that was actually an entertaining feud. I'm not gonna lie, it was very good to see that. Uh, was that when we met uh, the potted plant? Yes, Mitch, Mitch the potted plant. Mitch the potted plant. That is right. Yep. Um, <laughs> it's just great. Um, and then Jericho gets into a feud with Enzo and Cass, and he gets his partner in crime, Kevin Owens. And they go on this long crusade of Kevin Owens becoming Universal Champion. Jericho's right, his right hand man the whole time created the list, once again reinventing himself, um, and continuing to help Owens maintain the Universal Championship and just becoming best friends, best best friends. Um, yeah, literally, this was the best <laughs> friends before best friends. Maybe I don't know. Uh, um, all they were missing was uh, Fandango as Orange Cassidy. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we get to early 2017 where Jericho pinned Roman Reigns to win the United States Championship and Jericho won his first championship in nearly seven years 
and became a Grand Slam winner in the current format, which was pretty cool to see that. Um, they had the whole shark-proof cage above the ring thing for both Jericho's matches and Owen's matches, where they would flip-flop that. Um, we get to... By the way. Go ahead. I said I hated that, by the way. It was not... It was, yeah. It, it was hit or miss, for sure. Uh, <laughs> we get to... The end of the Royal Rumble, we get to the Festival of Friendship, and uh, bringing back bad memories, man. Yeah, that's where a lot of grown men cry that night. And uh, mm-hmm. Jericho sold it perfectly, and instead of a great feud. Um, so James, let me ask you a question. So we got a really red hot feud heading to WrestleMania. Uh, one of our stars has the main title, the Universal Championship. One of the probably the um, the best few going on in the company, maybe besides Cena and Miz. Um, what do you what do you propose we do to set up maybe a WrestleMania match between the two? Like, would there be a title? Like, what what, what would you book this? How would you book this? Now, am I a WWE or am I an independent third? Yeah, party? independent third party. Um, so, 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 you know, you have your, your champion feud with this, uh, you know, best feud of the company, you know, you gotta have it as your, as your main event, you gotta put all your marketing power behind it and, and, and give them like a 60 minute match where they just beat the hell out of each other and, uh, the baby face wins, right? Would the championship be on the line? Of course. Uh, WrestleMania moment. Gotcha. Wrong. So, and we're going to shove it in your face because that's WWE booking. Uh, we're going to have Goldberg uh, come in and watch Kevin Owens. And uh, because, you know, you know, a few months ago we had uh, Goldberg versus Lesnar and what was a shock fest of a squash that Goldberg squashed Brock, which was, it was actually entertaining. It was crazy. It was surprising. It was great. We should have left it at that, right? No, 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 no. See, we got to make sure they have a good WrestleMania moment because they had that WrestleMania moment 04 where the crowd hijacked the match and it was shitty and horrible. We want to forget about that. So we want to make sure they have a good WrestleMania moment. So we're going to put the title on Goldberg, have them go for about six minutes, and Lesnar's going to win the title because that's best for business, right? Well, that's what happens. And uh, Jericho was actually still the United States champion at this time. And they got relegated to the United States championship match and went on second at WrestleMania 33, a WrestleMania we attended, by the way. And uh, basically with a nail in the coffin for Jericho's departure, saying, really, guys? Really? Best feud in the company? Could have had the main title? No? Okay. All right. Now, now, if you remember correctly, and we're going to get close to Jericho's departure, everybody was like, this is all set up by the WWE. It's funny. The same people that were saying that were saying, this is all a set, AEW is all a setup for the, by the WWE. Yeah. And according to Jericho, the original plan was to, was to defeat Owens in the main event of WrestleMania for the Universal title, but Lesnar requested to defeat Goldberg for the Universal title. Jericho took that as an insult and led him to, you know, eventually lead to his demise with the company. 
Um, latter part of 2017, Jericho made a surprise return to SmackDown. We thought, hey, what's up with this? Maybe he's coming back. And uh, yeah, that was just a one-off. And then on the 25th anniversary of Raw, Jericho appeared backstage with Elias, where he put him on the list. Um, a few months later, at the Greatest Royal Rumble, Jericho was the last entrant in the 50-man Royal Rumble match. He eliminated Shelton Benjamin, and he got eliminated by Strowman. And this was the final appearance for Jericho in WWE. Wow. And then... Then we get to the good stuff. And then a couple months later, he makes the shocking... Shocking... Assault. Yes. And we'll get to that in just a moment. <laughs> so, uh, collect your breasts, guys. Take a drink. We chronological Jericho's biggest run of his career in a thirty-minute span. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. I like it. Because um, that third party's not here. <laughs> Speaking of that third party, you're going to listen to a plug of his podcast here in just a moment. So be sure to listen to that. Stay tuned. We'll be right back to Chronological, the last little bits of Jericho's career. Get to our big announcements, which is uh, Chris Jericho joining AEW. We'll get to that in a little bit more. We'll return to Beyond the Curtain. Hey, y'all. It's Randall Beely of the Unhinged Wrestling Podcast. You can find me on Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, and any place you listen to your podcast for. If you want a no-holds-barred, no-fucks-giving approach to the world of wrestling, check out the Unhinged Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> Yes, yes, we know. He's not here, but hey, we still plug him anyways because he is a member of the Outlaw Wrestling Network. So be sure to tune in to Unhinged Wrestling Podcast, where you can listen to all your favorite podcasts and devices after you listen to Beyond the Curtain and Taking the Bump. <clears throat> so we get through WWE with our man, Le Champion. And we wonder what's going to happen. Is Jericho done with wrestling as he committed fully to Fozzie? What's happening? And in November of 2017, Jericho basically flipped the wrestling world upside down. Yeah, it when, was like the, I'm sorry, but it was kind of the biggest shock in the entire world. You would have never thought Jericho would have gone and betrayed Vince, but. You know, Vince betrayed him. So basically, and Jericho has said it before, he would never wrestle anywhere else in WWE besides WWE. And then he would say he would never wrestle in the United States or appear on another wrestling promoter's show in the United States as a respected Vince McMahon. Both of which he did not keep his promises because, well, he says, screw you, Vince. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So in November 2017, Jericho in a pre taped vignette challenged Kenny Omega to a match at Wrestle Kingdom 12 in the Tokyo Dome for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Of course, Kenny Omega accepted the challenge, and in my opinion, this set up two of the biggest headlining matches in NJPW history. Mm -hmm. Not only did um, 
this set all sorts of records for New Japan with subscriptions to NJPW World, but just viewership and all that good stuff. It was Alpha versus Omega, Jericho versus Omega. You also had Naito versus Okada for the IWGP World Championship. Um, just an absolutely crazy time to be a wrestling fan. Um, this was Jericho's first match outside of WWE since he left WCW in 1999. Think about that. This was almost 20 years that Jericho had wrestled for one company. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, you know, it, it Jericho turned heel and it just created a buzz around the world. So I think New Japan had its best showing with this card because you had the Japanese people, the Asian culture who were staying up to watch this, the British diehards who are always going to watch wrestling. And then this, I think, for the first time in a long time, if not ever, the American crowd was like, you know what? I'm si- I'm going to wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning to watch this show. And this was my first time actually watching a Wrestle Kingdom live. And um, I was so hyped up for it, man. I had all sorts of energy drinks and sodas and sugar ready to keep me going. <laughs> long show, but we got through it. And um First time staying up past midnight to watch a wrestling show live in a you know U.S. time it started at three a.m. but well worth it, well worth it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the first uh, Wrestle Kingdom I had ever been a part of watching, and uh, I did. I I, uh, I I killed myself trying to stay up to to watch that match, and because I had work at like nine a.m. that morning. And I woke up at like 2.30 to watch the entire thing. And uh, let's just say it wasn't a productive day at work. (laughs) This is understandable. Uh, Omega later did defeat Jericho. And this actually got a five-star match rating by Meltzer. It was the first five-star match of Jericho's career. Shocking when you think about that. Um, I don't understand that, but hey, whatever. Um, we get a 2018. Do we take, do, Go ahead. Do we take Melt? Do we take Melter's ratings as gospel? I don't. I think they're ridiculous and overrated. <laughs> and I'm a Kenny Omega fan, so there you go. Yeah. Um, get to mid part of 2018. We get to June at Dominion in Osaka, Joe Hall, where Naito faced Jericho for the Intercontinental Championship, and Jericho beat him. So Jericho became not only a WWE Intercontinental Champion but an IWGP Intercontinental Champion, something that not very many people have done. Um, right. So Jericho had a, a successful retain at Power Struggle against Evil. Um, and then Russell Kingdom 13 happened in um, uh, Oh, sorry. Russell Kingdom 13 happened uh, where Jericho faced Naito again for the Intercontinental Championship, and Naito won back mm-hmm. the IWGP World Championship. Uh, excuse me, Intercontinental Championship. <clears throat> um, we'll keep on with New Japan for the moment because 2019 we get to this year at Dominion. Jericho challenged Okada for the World Championship, IWGP World Championship, and he was defeated. And then Jericho attacked Okada, leading to Hiroshi Tanahashi making the save. And then Jericho returned at Power Struggle on November the 3rd 
and challenge Hiroshi Tanahashi to a match at Wrestle Kingdom 14. So at Wrestle Kingdom 14 in 2020, we were getting Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Chris Jericho. But we get to, right before we get to the big one, September 1st, 2018 is when Jericho made more headlines when he was disguised as Pentagon Jr. And he appeared at the All In show and he attached Kenny Omega following Omega's victory over Penta to promote uh, the Rock and Razor, Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea Cruise. And then in October. What's that? Part Dole? No, the first one. Okay. Yeah. October of 18, Jericho competed matches organized by ROH on his sea cruise ship. Um, and then uh, May of this year, he appeared at a Southern Heart Honor Wrestling event and he was attacked by Omega. Which leads to January 8th, 2019, where Chris Jericho made a surprise appearance at a media event organized by the brand new wrestling promotion, All Elite Wrestling. Yes. And then shortly afterwards, Jericho was filmed signing his full-time performer's three-year contract with AEW, shook hands with Tony Khan, who is, a, who is AEW's company's president. And then we get to Double or Nothing, Jericho versus Omega. Jericho wins. And then set up the match between him and Hangman Page at All Out. And Jericho becomes and is currently your reigning, defending, undisputed, all elite wrestling world champion. Still the youngest one, by the way. Still the youngest, longest reigning AEW world champion. We've got a new faction, AEW, the big one. The main one, the inner circle with Jericho, Guevara, Hager, Santana, and Ortiz. He's had successful title defenses against Darby Allen on Dynamite, Cody at full and and Cody at full gear. Um, and Jericho's only got one blemish on his record. That was a roll-up pin by Scorpio Sky. In a tag team match, uh, and then Jericho successfully defended the AEW World Title against Scorpio on the November 27th episode of Dynamite. So he has had three successful AEW World Championship matches. And he's wrestling one more time on the December 18th edition of Dynamite against Jungle Boy, which is not a title match. Emphasize the not title match, please. Please, because we have all of these uh, internet trolls and Jungle Boy is 0-8. Why is he getting a title match? It's not a title match, y'all. Yes, and it's ridiculous that people are like, oh my god, why in the world is he, like, you know, wrestling Jungle Boy who's not won a match? Oh, okay, he's wrestling a guy for the ti- that's not for the title. Hello? Come on now. Really? But it's, And even if it was for the title, it's storyline. You can't, Jericho can't fight Moxley 400 times leading up to it. It's not WWE. No. And Jericho was the one who threw out the challenge, by the way. So, yep. People forget that, too. So, we get to now December of 2019. Jericho was 49 years old and the AEW world champion. Who would have thought 
that after 2018 and what happened with WWE, we are here now with Chris Jericho being a world champion. Right. I think that's what's so intriguing about his entire career is how long he's actually been wrestling. Because it's not just him starting in WCW. It was back before and when he was wrestling overseas with with Benoit in New Japan and ECW and WCW and WWE and now all elite wrestling. It and the fact that he's done it every single year. He took he except a few times when he was on tour with his band, he never took time off. Yeah. And that's the great thing about it. I mean it's absolutely crazy to think is where he started from his middle of his career to where he is now. Um, yeah, it's just absolutely insane to think about that. So before we get to anything else, let's go over the career accomplishments, shall we, of Chris Jericho. I'm not going to get to the match of the year, fuse of the year. We're going to get to his actual championship wins. So in WCW, Chris Jericho was a four-time Cruiserweight champion and a one-time WCW television champion. In the WWE, he was an undisputed champion once, the World Heavyweight Champion three times, the WCW slash World Champion two times, a one-time Hardcore Champion, one-time European Champion, two-time U.S. Champion, nine times Intercontinental Champion. He won the WWE Tag Team Championship twice, once with Edge, once with Big Show. And he was a WWF slash the World Tag Team Championship on the Raw brand. Five times, once with Edge, Big Show, The Rock, Christian, and Chris Benoit. Um, He is the ninth Triple Crown winner and the fourth Grand Slam champion, which is just crazy to think about. Um, He is a one-time IWGP Intercontinental Champion, one-time ECW World Television Champion, and the current reigning AEW World Champion. That's a Hall of Fame worthy career. Can we just go ahead and just say it? The GOAT. The GOAT. The GOAT. Le Champion, the GOAT, who doesn't mind cussing, whooping some ass, and drinking a little bit of the bubbly. And, and to add to his accolades... I think now. Prove, tell me if I'm wrong. Is he the only one to pin or to beat the Rock and Stone Cold in the same night? Yes, sir. He is the only person to defeat the Rock and Stone Cold in the same night, and uh, I'm pretty sure, 99.9% positive, he will be the only person to do that. Oh, now that you said that, WrestleMania 36, Stone Cold, The Rock, and fuck Baron Corbin. <laughs> Elimination match so that way Corbin can pin and bowl, pin and bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's uh oh boy. Yeah. Anyways, um so now that you guys have listened to the career of Chris Jericho, 
why did I do this? It's just something to kind of bring everybody up to speed on the um, uh, new roster of AEW. We're not going to go through every single wrestler, but just want to hit some of the main ones to kind of get people um, knowing who these guys are, knowing their backgrounds, where they came from, how good they are, and just how successful these guys have been. For Jericho, of course, it definitely is on top of my mountain Rushmore of wrestling just because of the fact that, man, he knows how to reinvent himself each and every time. I don't know of a guy that at 49 years old has made two hit sayings in one year with a little bit of the bubbly, and I have a tick. I don't know anybody at 49 years old who is more over at 49 years old than he was 10 years ago. Yeah. I mean, it's literally insane how Jericho might be more over now than he almost ever has been. And Mm -hmm. it's crazy to think that for sure. But the man just knows how to reinvent himself. He's got so many catchphrases. He'll even tell you, Jericho will tell you that maybe he got them from somebody else and just kind of had his own twist on it. But regardless, this is why he is the GOAT for sure. Um, Any last little touches on Jericho? My friend. So, Chris Jericho, like you said, he has to be in the Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling of all time. He probably is the best. Maybe not athletically. I don't think he ever was the most athletic wrestler in his respective time in any company that he's been in. But his mic skills have always been there. He the, the fact that he got over a list of a thousand and four holds. He got that over. He got the list of Jericho over. He got you could he probably has fifty catchphrases throughout his entire career. That, you know, if I walk up to somebody and say, Ayatollah of Rock and Roller, they know who Chris Jericho is by that phrase. Um and then um, he was always the guy I would play in the, the like, SmackDown, Here Comes the Pain video games because um, his theme song and his video and Tron entrance was my favorite entrance of all time. So I love Chris Jericho. Um, and uh, with that said, I hope Jungle Boy beats him. Hype up the man's career, and then you bury him at the very end. Learn the from uh, Vince McMahon the best. That's a, that's a Vince McMahon thing right there. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, Jericho, like I said, with, with, with the catchphrases, he puts them on shirts and sells them out. Bestseller, you know, on uh, wrestling uh, merchandise stands and uh, not only at, at live events, VAW, but also ProWrestlingTees.com. Um and speaking of pro wrestling tees, ladies and gentlemen, this might be the most exciting thing I've ever had to announce in my life. And uh, I'm glad to announce this, that uh, I, um, I bought a few shirts off of pro wrestling tees on the first, uh, on the first day and uh, of the, of the flash show that they had. And I got some wrestling collectibles. Very excited about that. So I just wanted everybody to know that. Um. And, uh, <laughs> good night, everybody. It was nice. Uh, nice to see you. We'll see you next week. Just kidding. So, uh, I feel like you were like a dirt sheet writer yesterday because you broke the news first. Uh, 
I didn't get to do it myself, and that's okay. Um, so I have my dirt sheet writer, James Beatley, who broke the news first. <laughs> but we... On, on my personal Facebook Personal Facebook account. account, that's exactly right. Not even on the OWN or his podcast page, <laughs> or even my podcast page. He did it on his personal, which means it's a true friend. Not that anyone that's not my friend is not a true friend. But anyways, I digest. Digest, digress. It's late. Leave me alone. So I have partnered with Pro Wrestling Tees to open up a store. Now, before everybody's like, really, you don't have any listeners. Why are you starting this? You're not going to make any money. That's okay. I'm not in it for the money. I'm in it for the fact that you can make your own T-shirts and, hey, I got my own little store. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. That was the first shirt that went on there, and you can definitely look at that. It is $26.99. I do apologize for the expensiveness of it, but it's worth it. Now, I will say he don't, he don't set the price. I don't set the prices. That's exactly right. Now, I will say not all of these proceeds do go to me strictly. I don't get the full $20, $30 with tax that you buy a shirt. does not fully all go to me. A portion of it does go to Pro Wrestling Tees, and a portion of it will go to a charity for sure. You guys get to set the charities. You guys get to set anything. Um, I know that with the podcast tonight that I recorded, that will be uploaded Wednesday morning, as you guys will see. I had Anchor, who we are doing this podcast through, uh, is running three different little um, non-profitable organizations that we are doing ads for. And you guys heard mine on this episode. It's about adoption. It's about these shelters for pets. Um, Gather and adopt. It's definitely a thing you guys need to do. Um, if you guys want me to send some money over there to help feed the animals, I'll give them some 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 better um, toys or anything like that. I'll send a portion of it there. If you guys want me to send it to any kind of charity, you name it. Any portion of you guys buy any one of my T-shirts, I will make sure a portion of it does go to charity, and I will personally send you an email giving you the charity information that I sent it to. So that way, you know, it's not a scam. So, um, it's legit. Ladies and gentlemen. It's legit. Ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely. Yeah, buddy. It is legit. So, um, if you guys want to be ever so kind to an inclined to not only like this podcast, follow it, share it on social media, listen to these things, give me feedback. If you guys are feeling so inclined to buy a t-shirt to just support either myself or to help support a charity of your choosing, that's what it's all about. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the holiday season for crying out loud. Time to give back a little bit, eh? So I've got two. uh, Go ahead. uh, I'm just saying I got two shirts already up there. I'm allowed four designs for the first test trial of it to make sure that I can at least sell one or two or three shirts. So I've got two of my four designs up there already. I've got my yeah, dot, 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 buddy shirt. And the way you pronounce that is yeah, buddy. Got that up there. It is $26.99 because I put a logo on the back and apparently it adds money to it. I apologize in advance for that, but hey, it's a funny shirt. You should get it. And then I've got the regular standard general podcast logo for $19.99. Once again, you can go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Beyond the Curtain Wrestling Podcast. Or 
just go to ProWrestlingTees.com. When you get to the website, there'll be a little magnifying glass. That is the search bar. You type that in there, type in Beyond the Curtain Wrestling Podcast. You'll see my podcast logo with my name under it. Click on that, tap on that, and then you can scroll down and see the two options that I have so far. And if you guys want to, once we get to a certain amount of thing, I, I you guys want to design a shirt for me, you just tell me what you want to design. I'll try to make it. If you send me a design request, I'll see if they'll approve it. We'll go from there. But I do want to thank Pro Wrestling Tees for allowing me to open up the store, hopefully just to uh, have a little bit of a hobby. And like I said, most important thing, guys, I'm not profiting on this 100% at all. A portion of it goes to Pro Wrestling Tees, a portion of it will go to me, and a portion of it will go towards charity of your choosing. I'll set it at a 15%. 15% of my sharings will go to a charitable cause of your choice. So that's even better. I don't even know how much progressing teas get out of it. Let's say they get 40% and I get 60% of it. I'm giving 15 of my 60% to charity, which means I'm only going to get what? 45% of it. 45%, 35%, something like that. I can't do math. That's not bad. That's not a bad choice. guys. Yeah. So, Doing a good cause here, trying to do the right thing. Um, just had a fun, just a just a hobby. I do this, so um, if you guys ever feel ever so important to support me, that'd be great. That's announcement number one. We got announcement number two. Oh, what's announcement number two? Announcement number two. You don't know what announcement number two is? Announcement number two is my brother got to take a number two. That's close to it. <laughs> Our friend of the podcast, Jimmy Jam James Beatley, has his own store on ProWrestlingTees.com. Holy smokes, breaking news. Breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. I broke it for you because you broke it for me. You see how you do that? I see, I see. Same website. Tell me all the information, James. I am excited to announce that I am in the process. It takes some time for Pro Wrestling Tees to get, get your store set up. But I am in the process of creating the official t-shirt store for Bump Taker <laughs> Nation. Was that, a, was, was that a dinosaur that just growled or that a fart? Luchasaurus came out of the Luchasaurus has entered the building, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Holy sorry. Okay, let me compose myself. Holy Jalupa. The, <laughs> the official store of Bump Taker Nation is in the works. And since Cody's being so charitable. I will join the cause. And so, I, again, I don't know how much of the proceeds I make. Pro Wrestling Tees keep some to, you know, keep our store afloat. And without them, this store wouldn't be there. So I'm cool with giving them part of the price to keep the stores afloat, print the designs, and ship them to you. That way, you actually get your shirt because if it was on my responsibility, you'd probably get it like three years later. That's um, a very good point. But whatever I make, I'll match them. 15%. 15% get out. 
15% will go to um, initially. So if you buy, I'm a, I have a couple of designs in, in mind. Again, I get my initial four until I can prove that I can sell t-shirts. Um, if, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to upload the podcast logo t-shirt. Every, every podcast needs to have a podcast logo t-shirt. If you buy the podcast logo t-shirt, 15%, all you got to do, send me a message on one of the social medias, or if you have my phone number, text me. What charity you want it to go to? 15% of your donation, of your purchase, will go to a charity of your choice. I also have a, I don't know if you remember, but back when, uh, what pay-per-view was it? I can't remember. Survivor Series? I, I had the, the greatest slogan of all time. The only reason I'm going to see Survivor Series, it gives me an excuse to drink. Uh, yes, sir. I liked it. I liked it a lot. If that gets approved by Pro Wrestling Teams, that'll be another design. And same thing. You buy that T-shirt, send me a message. Hey, this is the T-shirt I bought. Show me proof of purchase. 15% of your your uh, purchase that I make off of your shirt, charity of your choice. And then, third design, if approved by Pro Wrestling Tees, will be a charity of my choice, still picking, will make a custom design for that charity. And for that shirt, if you buy that shirt, Show me proof of purchase. 50% of the proceeds I make off of that shirt will go to a charity of my You say, you say 50% as in 5 zero? 50. 50% of what I make. Nifty off of 50. That shirt. Are you kidding me, ladies and gentlemen? Nifty 50. All right, listen. Now we're in a contest, ladies and gentlemen. But beyond the curtain nation, I'm calling <laughs> you out. Yeah, got to buy a shirt. I understand it's a holiday season, y'all. I get it. I'm not telling you to buy a shirt today or tomorrow, even though I'd love you to. You can buy a shirt December 26th. You're going to get money for Christmas? Buy December 26th. You buy it December 27th, January 1st. You do you, boo-boo. You just got to buy a shirt because you know what? I'm matching. I'm matching a little bit. You buy the podcast logo shirt at $19.99, will go towards the charity of your choice. You buy... The Yeah Buddy shirt for $26.99, 51% of your purchase, ladies and gentlemen, will go towards charity. So, you know, no pressure. Just uh, tis the season for the reason to give back. That's all I'm saying. We ain't making making money off of these. We're giving it away. How's that? Two young punk 20-year-old kids that are trying to make a little bit of a fun out of this, make a hobby, selling some t-shirts, are giving back. How many do you people see that? Giving back to the community. Come on with it. Giving back. Now, now, our third co-host, now I don't know if he's going to create a store. He hasn't. He hasn't told us if he is. Maybe he can join in on a charitable giving. Ladies and gentlemen, I've just had a new challenge that by... Oh, what was today? Okay. All right. So by February 1st, if James and I combine, 
can sell 20 shirts. Okay. Okay. Then Randall Beatley has to open up his own store. He has to. Has to. Absolutely. And I'll I'll do this. I'll, I'll sweeten that. If we can sell 20 shirts, he has to open the store. And I will volunteer my creative prowess of t-shirt designing for him. No cost. Nothing goes to me. He can keep my designs in his name for saying that he's the creator and keep 100% of what he gets off of it. Ladies and gentlemen, tune in to next week because we may be even more charitable and give away something. This is <laughs> the season of giving. This now. is the season of giving, ladies and gentlemen. The holiday season is supposed to be for a reason. Tis the season for the reason. I don't know what my reason is. It's for our Lord and Savior. But anyways, it's to give back for charitable cause. That's what we're all here about is to have fun, but also to give back as well because we're young kids. We ain't got no business making any kind of money, making any sorts of any of this. What we do is for fun, but we also want to make sure that, you know what, we're not keeping all the benefits and trying to get rich off of this. We want to also give back to the community as well, show we're decent human beings a little bit. So either way, go to ProWrestlingTees.com, go into that search bar, put in Beyond the Curtain Wrestling Podcast. And that's where you'll see both my shirt designs at the moment. And hey, guys, if we get to a certain amount of shirts by, say, February 1st, March 1st, I'll even let my top person who has bought my shirts make a design for me. Up to you guys. It's up to you. And yeah, I understand it's the it's a holiday season. You got to want to buy gifts for everybody else. Hey, if you listen to the if you listen to the show and you buy a shirt. And you either tweet me a picture, send me a picture on the Facebook page, text it to me, send it to me in the mail, however you want to do it. <laughs> send it on horsebound. Fax carriage. it to me at my work, whatever you want to do. Telegraph it to me. It. I mean, literally, <laughs> whatever you want to do. If you can send it to me, I will personally give you a shout out and I'll even call you and ask you what place you want to send that money. Which will cause it too. Guys, it's exciting times. It's a holiday season. We got a whole bunch of stuff going on. Not only between James and I with our Pro Wrestling Tea store, which by the way, what was yours? Was do you have your Pro Wrestling Tea store name already up and running? It's not up yet. I uh so for let, let's just real quick. Um so Pro Wrestling Teas, unless you have like a bunch of followers, they ask you to set up a $75 setup fee. I am in the process of paying that. I'm going to pay it tomorrow. Um, and from there, they give me all the access to my account. Nothing is up and official yet. No designs have been submitted. Everything is in progress. But stay tuned to Twitter and Facebook. I will post when the designs are ready to be bought and when everything is set and how to get there. Everything will be on social media. And let's, let's, let's have some fun with this. Let's give back to some charities. Again, I have three designs already created that I'm getting sent in and approved. You buy the logo shirt. You buy the, it gives me an excuse to drink shirt. 15% charity of your choosing. You buy my specialty limited edition shirt. 
is specifically for a charity that I care about. 50% of the proceeds of that. Boy, oh boy, 50, 50% off. And I put 51 for my Yeah Buddy one, which means the third shirt design should be a charitable cause shirt as well. Stay tuned to that. Might have something special on how to design that or how to get that one up and running. But either way, ladies and gentlemen, exciting times are coming around the corner. And oh, by the way, there's AEW Dynamite going on on December the 11th, which is not even 24 hours from this recording. <laughs> 8 7 Central on TNT, NXT, 8 7 Central on USA. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, remember the date, December the 13th? Yeah, it's Friday the 13th, but there's a, there's a pay-per-view called ROH Final Battle. Oh, yes. Where uh, a certain villain is making an, uh, an appearance, but uh, could be, yeah, possible final appearance. Could it be a possible final appearance? Could be his you know, final battle. Huh? Final battle. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and then guess what? Wrestling continues... Sunday, December the 15th, live in whatever godforsaken city they're in, Cable Ladders and Chairs pay-per-view, live on the WWE Network. And hey, if the wrestling worlds come to a line and the stars align, Wednesday, December 18th might be a very big day in wrestling because Jungle Boy might defeat Chris Jericho. Um... And Mortal School might show up in AEW. But anyways, it might be a big day in wrestling. You never know. So. December 5th, December 18th, 2019. I, NXT's final show of the year. wonder what happens there. It's going to be an interesting last week of wrestling for the year. That's to say the least. Well, shouldn't say the last week because we're on SmackDown. We'll have theirs at the very end of the year. But for NXT and AEW... Should be a very last, uh, very interesting, lasting, exciting time for that. AEW's running January 1st, by the way. NXT's not. So you people better tune in for that. They're going to have a 2.1 rating, right? Hey, that'd be kind of cool. That'd be <laughs> great. Either way, guys, it's holiday season. Enjoy it. Spend some time with your family and your friends. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be get ready, for, get ready. Get ready for that podcast on the 18th. Get ready for that podcast. Get ready for these stores opening. Get ready to buy the merch. Buy the merch, y'all. Buy the merch. Hashtag buy the merch. Hashtag merch overload is in session. <laughs> Guys, you can listen to Take It a Bump on all your favorite podcasting needs here on Anchor, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Apple, and Google Podcasts as well. Give them your Twitter and your Facebook info. It is Facebook taken, T-A-K-I-N, apostrophe, the bump. If you want to do the the URL, facebook.com forward slash, and I got to update this because it's out of date, but currently it sits at O-S-N-T the B. Twitter, at T the B podcast. Y'all follow, listen, subscribe. Share when the t-shirts come up. Stay attention to my social media. That's how you know when the designs are up. Hey, if you want to follow my or add me on personal Facebook, I'll post it on there as well. I ain't giving that info out on the air. You gotta tweet me out. Hey, my boy James Beatley's single, so he's single ready to make <laughs> under the mistletoe, ready for a tingle. 
So please give the man a jingle and please give him all your attention. I just did a whole bunch of rap there and that was not by design. I did not write that down. That was straight off the bar. Freelancing, freestyling, y'all. I'm a certified rapper and I don't even know it. Anyways, take a listen to Mr. James's podcast anytime he has them available. So please stay tuned to that. And yours truly, Beyond the Curtain. You can follow me at Facebook at Beyond the Curtain Wrestling Podcast. And you can follow me on the old Twitter machine at Beyond, B E Y N D, no O, and Beyond. B E Y N D, the curtain, at Beyond, no O, the curtain. Follow me. Like my Facebook page, follow the podcast, like, share, subscribe, comment, give me feedback. Most of all, guys, stay tuned. Exciting times are around the corner. Exciting times are around the corner. So give back, listen, comment, feedback, enjoy the time with your family and friends. My birthday is December 19th, so if you guys want to give your boy a shout out, that'd be great. That'd be nice. You know what I'm saying? Anyways. You want to buy some merch for his birthday? That'd be great. And look at that. You get charity involved and I'm giving away birthday money on my birthday. <laughs> How charitable am I? What kind of guy? What a guy. What a guy. What a guy, what a guy Jason. Yeah, what Jason a, Nelson. What, what a guy. What a guy. Jason Nelson. Is that not his name? Jason Nelson, shout out to you. Buy him buy some merch. Um, <laughs> buy some merch. Dude, I didn't like wrestling, but he's a great guy. He's a great guy. What a guy. Shout out to my girlfriend being the greatest girlfriend in the world. Shout out to the future girlfriend of James Wheatley. She'll be the greatest girlfriend in the world and not psychotic. Anyways. Oh, shots. <laughs> <laughs> no shots. No straight backs. Anyways. <laughs> this has been a great episode of Taking a... I said Taking a Bump Podcast. We're on your podcast, evidently, even though we're on mine. Uh, what a great edition of Beyond the Bird Podcast. I'm all over the place. It's late. I'm ready to go to bed. But hey. Yes, sir. Enjoy your night, guys. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your morning. Enjoy your evening. Either way, God's blessing you in more ways than one, and you don't even know it. So we'll see you guys later. Enjoy the rest of your day, night, evening, y'all.